Hey, it's Todd Fox here. Do you want a cash offer for your house? Fair price for your house buys homes no matter the condition of the home or circumstances. Whether you're getting a divorce, need extensive repairs, or behind on your payments, Fair Price for Your House will give you the cash offer within 24 hours of receiving your info and pay you out in as little as seven days. No agents, no commission, no hidden fees, and best of all, no obligation. So now I'm just thinking, what the heck are you waiting for? If you're interested in finding out what your house cash offer is, give them a call now. Get your free no-obligation cash offer. The number is 562-455-7154. Once again, it's 562-455-7154, and tell them Todd Fox sent you. Hey, 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 welcome into another episode of Angels Postseason. Not really postseason, but off-season baseball podcast here with your host, Todd Fox, and the other host of the show. (laughs) <laughs> pretending to choke the Lone Star Halo because I'm like the Dodgers. <laughs> he caught the blue flu. He's choking over there. Yeah, right. <laughs> I caught the I caught the doyer. I don't know. <laughs> well, it happened again. Sort of like death and taxes, the Dodgers choking. <clears throat> and we'll talk about that. You know, we don't believe in the whole 2020 season should never took place. 60 games. The moniker is you can't do it 162. So we'll 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 have a lot of you know it's not you know obviously it's heady it's it's an Angels podcast but we're going to dive into the Dodgers stuff and why we're doing it and then uh, and then also we're going to talk touch postseason and we're going to start off the show though about talking about Otani and he's been in the news lately and especially when he went to Japan what was it exactly said there Fernando. I mean, just a whole lot of clickbait, right? I mean, mm-hmm. we've talked about this, uh, you know, mm-hmm. off air on the group chat and all that. It's just, and you know, there's a lot of other pages like the the Halo Bros that said, you know, it, it's essentially all just clickbait. You know, they asked him about his feeling about the season, and he had simply said that, like, you know, he was frustrated because August and September they weren't playing meaningful baseball games. I don't see what's controversial there. I don't see why that's an issue there. I mean, that's something that we should all understand Mm -hmm. the guy's a professional athlete let alone like the cream of the crop in terms of professional athletes he is the best of the best naturally he wants to play meaningful games i mean i can't blame him can you no i mean i mean if you're in a press conference bro and they ask you hey man uh are you happy with the season and your team's in third fourth place i mean are you going to be like hell yeah man i had a great season but exactly yeah, to, to me, I think it was more along the lines of they didn't ask him how he felt about his season particularly. He felt you know, they asked him about the team. Now, obviously, he had a great season, but I, what I take out of it is, you know, or maybe I'm reading into it, the fact that, you know, he's thinking team first, you know, without with the outstanding season he had, he could easily push his numbers on the media and say, well, hey, I did this, I did that, I'm proud of myself, I'm this, I'm that. But, you know, when they asked him about the team, he's like, yeah, you know, I'm frustrated, you know, I want to win. I mean, you would want your athletes to be like that on your team, right? Yeah, I mean, wouldn't this be a bigger conversation if he was like, no, I'm cool with it, man, whatever, we suck, <laughs> I like that. Exactly. I mean, like, that's would be the bigger issue to me. I have no problem with the dude saying, I want to win. Mm-hmm. I have every problem with a person who's here on a team that's supposed to be competitive, as you know, as it is every year, seemingly. 
um, and they're okay with mediocrity. That's when the problems lie in. Exactly. And we're going <clears> to <throat> – so with Otani saying what he said, you know, um, that that to me puts more confidence as in, you know, he's going to work hard to get his game going again, but it puts pressure on Perry Manassian. It puts pressure on the organization. And what we're going to talk about next, I think, is is the team going to be sold? You know, because me and you talked off air, you know, about this earlier today. I mean – if they get if they don't get sold by the time free agency and stuff like that comes, do you think they penny pinch? I think it's really going to depend on how extensive these ownership talks have been. If there's somebody who's really lining up quickly to buy the team, then maybe Artie's a little more. And what? And also, I have to preface it by saying it depends on what future ownership wants. So that's a conversation that has to be made immediately, right? You know, mm-hmm. hey, Todd, you're interested in buying the team. Okay, what do you want out of this? You know, okay, well, you know, I'm willing to pay you $3 billion. Okay, great. You know, what do you want to get that to work out? It's kind of like when, you, uh, when you're when you buying a house from somebody, you have to have an inspector come out and inspect the house before you buy it, right? Exactly. And they come up with the list of potential issues with the house. And then they have to, the people who are selling the house have to accommodate that list, right? Like, okay, well, you want me to, you know, fix this crack in the wall? Cool. Okay, you want me to fix this staircase? Cool. You know what I mean? Like, that's something that happens. Mm-hmm. You have to meet this quota, this criteria, whatever, this list, to get the official purchase of the house done. I can't imagine it's much different with the team. I mean, I've never purchased a team before. Maybe I'm the crazy one. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, yeah, I, I I have to imagine it's something along those lines. You know, hey, do you want a low payroll? Do you not care? Do you want me to re-sign Otani? If I re-sign Otani, will you give me more money? That has to be a conversation that's being had also. Hey, if, what if Otani was on a lifetime contract? Would you give me an extra, you know, $20 million? Sure. You know what? That's a great point because I didn't even think about that. Because if you have a potential ownership that's knocking on the door that you basically have a handshake agreement, we all know that lawyers and stuff like that, and there's a ton of paperwork to sign. I mean, obviously, $3 billion is what they're going, what the asking price is now. <clears throat> they're going to go for something close to that or, or yeah. above that. Projected. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I never, you know, I didn't even think of that, bro. Like, um, I, that's a great point about, you know, hey, if we got a handshake agreement, like, Artie, I'm going to need you to, you know, put in all the way, you know, like, like go all in because we want this player. We want to be competitive. We're not playing. We're not paying $3 billion for no reason. So, you know, that's that's pretty, pretty much a good idea because my thing – I think it would be detrimental to the team if, if that wasn't the case and already just sat on the team and was like, look, I'm not going to make a move until basically we get the cash. And then what if it gets signed spring training? Then you've lost the entire free agent and an off season. Assuming that there has been talks and the talks are progressing, you know, if let's just say the beginning of the year, mm-hmm we have somebody who is in line to buy the team. Because I, I, I think this is going to be something that's done in the very beginning of the year. We're talking, you know, January 10th kind of situation. Winter, winter so, meetings type thing? Yeah, maybe right after the winter meetings. Like, that's kind of what I would imagine it's going to happen. I'm sure there's talks happening now. 
Mm-hmm. Assuming he really is serious, because all we ever heard was that he was exploring the cell of the team. We've kind of all assumed that he's truly thinking about exploring the team. And the other, you know, in the same uh, breath, I can say you wouldn't announce that news if you weren't serious about exploring selling the team. You know, that's not something you publicly say if you're just like, eh, you know, I'll ask one of my buddies. Yeah, because I, I kind of got the whole vibe like, like, I was like, when they first said, okay, he's exploring, I was like, damn, you have all these people going back and forth saying, well, he's exploring, he might not necessarily sell. But the last tweets we got from Fletcher and a few of those other guys were saying, you know, a actual price tag, the range, and, and you know, talks are going pretty quickly. So that was encouraging. And I, and I think you might be right. If, if they're right, I think your prediction of at the beginning of the year might be like the whole Christmas thing. You know, Christmas comes early to the Angel fans. You know, maybe they get it done right around New Year's or right before New Year's, something like that. I think that would be the most ideal situation for the Angels. Yeah, you know, now I don't think ownership would officially take over the new ownership for maybe mm-hmm. the end of the season. Because, mm-hmm. you know, like you said, this takes a while. Yep. You know, I mean – Artie Moreno acquired the team in what, like the middle of 2003? Yeah, and that, the team was in flux at that time. Yeah, well, we did know that he was a complete dirtbag. <laughs> yeah, because it was funny because back then, like I know Disney was looking to sell the Angels right after the World Series. And I remember 2003, the, the, the Disney Corporation did not put any money into free agency. They basically came back with the same roster in 2003 and they struggled out the gate they were kind of bad and then i think already took over mid-season 03 so they were yeah it took them a while to make the sell uh originally i mean in all fairness if there was a year where they could have got away with running it back it's after winning the world series true so, but but they, they didn't spend any skrilla by the way by the way old man todd what is skrilla <laughs> you know i don't even know that one bro i wasn't into the that kind of scene as far as that the uh the club and the the whole, uh, um, like, as far as I went with that kind of music was Prodigy, so. Okay, all right, okay. Yeah, I'm sorry. I know you're testing me right there, but I failed that one. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I had to, I had to. But, yeah, I mean, you know, this whole offseason is just going to be a giant question mark. It really is. There is nothing else that I we could possibly say. At the current moment, there is no insight. I have no word on what's happening. Mm-hmm. It's just everyone's just kind of walking around aimlessly in the desert, if you will. You know, we're all lost on it. We all want to see what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And there, and there's, and there's a lot. I mean, like just the, the stuff off the top of my head, the allegations, the 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 uh, conspiracy, whatever you want to call it, the trouble that Artie's in. Uh, the city stuff, the stadium, whether or not they're going to get the land in the future or that's going to come with a new ownership, the ownership uh, agenda, what's going to happen there, That what, what we're just talking about, free agency. Uh, the coaching staff is apparently going to be new because, you know, they finally got rid of Jeremy Reed. Uh, we don't know about Paul Sorrento yet uh, or Matt Wise, guys like that. Uh, there's also, you know, the Otani question is just a huge cloud over the stadium right now. I mean, it would bring so much relief like Pepto would, someone that's ate too much Taco Bell, uh, you know, if we re-signed Otani. <laughs> Have you tried their food? <laughs> yeah. I, I, I used to work at Taco Bell. We'll see. We'll see. But, but back then, though, I bet you when you worked there, it wasn't 40% freaking uh, tofu for the meat, right? Wasn't that long ago, Todd? I'm not that old. 
I'm trying to age you. My bad. It wasn't even 10 years ago. <laughs> ah, the days of the Nacho Supreme. I miss the Nacho Supreme. I'm pretty it, sure they still have the Nacho Supreme. Well, they have the Bel Grande right now. And they, so it's like their, their uh, option of making you pay like three or four dollars more than the freaking Supreme. So, okay. <laughs> but, um, but Did yeah, you man. Fast food job, by the way. You know what? I actually didn't. I avoided those. I, I was I was like, okay, I'm not gonna work fast food, but I'll do warehouse. So I I've done warehouse a lot when I was younger. So that was your quote unquote crappy, like you know, young job. How everyone has those, like yep. you know, I hate. I didn't want to do this kind of job. Yeah, okay. I I, I kind of was like no retail, no uh, no um. Fast food. Yeah, fast food. So I was trying grocery stores, couldn't get into that, and then I just fell into warehouse jobs. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, everyone yeah, needs a starter food, job, and I had a few of those. Yeah, exactly. Kudos to everyone who asks, you know, who puts up with it. And if you do, man, I'll power to you because it's not, it's not easy. It really isn't. No, respect to everybody that gets their first few jobs like that. And you have to work at grunt uh, hours and grunt freaking pay, you know, respect. You, you put in the, you put in the time and uh, eventually hopefully you get to where you want to get to later. Like, like I did, it just took me a few years, but it got there. But, uh, but yeah, it, it, that's, you got to start somewhere. I mean, we're not all silver spoon fed, unfortunately. Yeah. I, uh, I remember, uh, I don't want to get too off topic, but I mean, it's the off season right now, right? If there's ever a time to get off topic, it's to the, you know, 20 people are going to listen to this episode because <laughs> it's the off season, let alone the beginning of it. Pretty but, much. Uh, yeah. I, I remember I wanted to get my foot in the door at SeaWorld because, you know, I wanted to be an animal trainer. Yeah. I started off as a ride operator at SeaWorld at the Shipwreck Rapids ride. If any of you guys go to SeaWorld in San Diego or have been there, I was working the Shipwreck ride. I had to be in the department for 90 days before I could transfer. Mm -hmm. So I was there for 93 days. In that span of 93 days, somehow worked my way uh, to where I was doing management training for ride operating. And I was also applying to work in the education department. Mm. And I was like, you know, I'm going to get one of these jobs. I'm either going to, you know, stay in rides and, you know, become a manager there. And I mean, you know, you, you know how those kind of jobs are. You know, it was what, extra two dollars or something like that. Great. But um, I really wanted to go to education. So I did. I went to education. I was there for like a year afterward, transferred over to Pets Rule. And yeah, you know, sometimes you got to do those crappy jobs that you don't want to do. <clears throat> yeah you do i mean a friend of mine he started at a horse racing place i think it was santa anita or the one down in uh san diego I forget what corona del mar santa uh, anita the one where all the uh, all the horses die yeah the they kept oh. breaking their legs every five seconds yeah 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 yeah. Yeah, but he started shoveling crap there and then he moved up and then he was like taking care of the horses and getting paid pretty good so you know yeah you can get very paid you paid really well doing husbandry kind of stuff exactly but let's get back on topic. Let's talk some baseball. Let's, well, talk, uh, yeah. Do we have to? No. Um. Let's talk about what happened with our arch rivals. And first off, I have a theory, and I want to ask you if you agree with this. Oh, okay, I'm excited for this. Yeah, my theory on why the Angels and Dodgers, because you'll have a group of fans that are in the middle. They'll say, well, "Why you hate on the Dodgers? Then why you hate on the Angels?" And then you have your Angel haters, and then you have your Dodger haters. Uh -huh. I look at it this way. I want to see if you follow the theory. Okay. The Dodgers have put together a pretty good run since 2012, 2013 of either winning divisions or being second place, making postseason after postseason after postseason, and putting together a quality squad. 
and not really having a superstar and, and homegrown talent. Usually they pluck from other teams. They use their, their, you know, their farm system to get other players, blah, blah, blah. But you have your Kershaws who are beloved and, and players like that, whatever, and Bellinger's when he was good. I think the Angels hate the Dodgers for that reason and their fan base, the way that they talk shit, the way that it's, it's uh, you know, a lot of Angel fans are scared to go to Dodger Stadium. So you have that. And I think the Dodger fans hate the fact that the Angels have won the last World Series, you know, that was legit 162. They're a fun team. They hate the fact that the Angels Stadium is nice to go to. It's it's a it's a, a crowd friendly, family friendly venue. And they also hate the fact that and why I feel they talk so much trash about the Angels about Trout wasting this talent is because they don't have that generational player. And now we have two of them. And I think that's where the hate comes from, because the Dodgers, if you look at the Dodger fans, most are Laker fans. Most are, you know, they, they're front runners and they want that. You know, they're used to the Kobe Bryant, Shaquille O'Neal, LeBron James. They don't have that player. They try to make bets that guy. He's just not that guy. They tried to think that Puig was that guy. He was just not that guy. They used to compare him to Trout when he first came up. They compare everyone to Trout. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's. Do you follow the theory? Do you think that there's jealousy on both sides, which fuels the rivalry? Yeah, I mean, there's definitely jealousy on both sides. I mean, if I could tell you why I hate the Dodgers, it's a, of course, the fans. It's mm-hmm. it's cockiness, and it's just like the bitter cockiness. Yes, it's the same thing with like people from New York. It's that I am so much better than you mentality. Mm-hmm. You know, you feel it a lot with those like big East Coast cities, and you feel it a lot with Los Angeles, and they have this like. You don't go, you don't know what I go through. You don't live the way I live kind of mentality. It's very much like a me, me, me. Mm -hmm. You experience it with both like the big cities. Like I said, New York, Los Angeles, their fans are the same way. You know, and contrary to what you said about like the Dodgers not having stars, I think they do a great job of having their own guys that they turn into stars. Clayton Kershaw is the best pitcher through and through who I've seen in my life from the beginning to the end. You know, sure, there's obvious he's not the best pitcher of all time, but, you know, I'm 27 years old. So out of my 27 years, Clayton Kershaw is probably the best pitcher I've seen. You know, Justin Verlander is probably in that conversation too. But from beginning to end, those are the two guys whose careers I've gotten to see. You know, so you know they have their superstar with Kershaw. And I think that the reason why they've always kind of projected the whole, you guys are wasting crap, you guys are wasting Otani, was because maybe deep down, that's kind of what they felt was happening with Kershaw, right? Oh, mm-hmm. but they were making the postseason. But yeah. I always used to tell Dodger fans, look at you guys. You guys are wasting Kershaw. The guy has no rings. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now that they lost this year, so over like the last week, I've actually been a little more okay with myself admitting, you know what? You guys did win a ring in 2020. Yeah, of course there's an asterisk there, but you did win a ring. Congratulations. But the thing is, they've made the playoffs for what, like 10 straight years, 13 straight years? Mm -hmm. I think out of the last 10 years, they've won the division nine times. Yeah, it's 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 uh I think they they're on a streak since thirteen of making the postseason, so nine times. Yeah, so it, it is about like eight or nine times out of out of the ten or eleven that they've gone. Um, but I, and I, I the first time they didn't win the division, the Giants did. Yeah, exactly. Every year 
than that. But the National League for the bulk of that 10 years has been a candy ass division. It really has been. Yeah, because look, I, I pulled up some stats here and I wanted to get your thoughts on this too, because look, I, I'm more I'm more along the lines of I'll give the organization credit where credit's due. I respect that the way they run that franchise. I but when it comes to like superstars, that's why I, I still think they don't have their generational trout. I, I get it with Kershaw, but he's been a failure in the postseason. Let's just be honest. And the 2020 thing, if you're willing to give it to him, I'm not. You know, like I'm I'm still on the bandwagon of you know, you, you didn't have to travel. You stayed in Texas. Tampa Bay had to travel. You played in front of cardboards all year. Uh, there was no pressure. You know, portions of the league were sitting out. They just should never have played the season, dude. And I've had Dodger fans say, oh, you would have been the same thing if the Angels. No, no, I, it was not a good season, dude. I didn't even want them to play the NFL or the uh, – it's like if you didn't have the fans there, why are we having the players there? Like, to, like stop the money grab and just take an L for the year. Um, but with that being said, you know – I give Kershaw respect too. He's probably one of the best um, regular season pitchers I've ever seen, um, you know, next to Verlander. Uh, but you're right when it comes to that division being candy ass because I looked back since 2012 and every season, basically the Diamondbacks and Rockies finished fourth or fifth. And maybe you sprinkle the Padres in there one or two seasons. And it's funny because those division championships that the Dodgers won, three of those division titles that they got, the Giants wound up getting in the wild card and winning the whole damn thing. So it's like <laughs> the Dodgers have not been able to do it in 162. And this year there was just this arrogance. And I posted um, about – it showed a picture of Kershaw. And then there was the LA Times saying in I think mid-September or beginning of September that if there was ever a case of giving a title to a team before or canceling the playoffs and giving a title to a team, it's the 2022 Dodgers. You know, I, I, I'm sure you've been experiencing this on the internet, S seeing all like the Braves fans and the Dodgers fans be like, oh, it's such a catastrophe for baseball. You know, an 101 win team, an 111 win team, they're not even contending for the World Series. You know, we're getting robbed as baseball fans. Baseball is getting robbed. Uh, you know, and to that, I'm going to say this. That's why I watch baseball. This isn't football. This isn't basketball where it's the same thing every single year. This isn't college football. You like USC? Great, because I guarantee you it's going to be a long-ass time before you see USC in a national championship game again. Sorry, not sorry. <laughs> Maybe it'll change a little bit since they're changing conferences, mm -hmm. but they're not Alabama. They're not, gonna get, they're not in the SEC. They're not going to make it to the national championship game. It's the same thing with, like, football. Dude, my entire life, it's been the Patriots. And then, you know, it's been the Buccaneers. It's really been wherever Tom Brady goes mm -hmm. versus whoever the hell's going to lose that year. Yeah, you have Mahomes. Exactly. You mix him up. You have teams here and there. My thing exactly. is, is my thing is this, what you're talking about. We've seen teams, like, in, in the NFL go 13-3 and and get bounced in the first round. Seen it many times. The Colts, Chiefs. Teams like that, just you think, oh, man, this is the cream of the crop, and then boom, first round they get knocked out. To yep. me, it's all about preparation. And then we talked about this, too, this morning where, you know, you were under the estimation of instead of inter-squad games, let's bring up our AAA squad, let's bring up uh, college teams, whatever, play, get some different players to face to keep our guys finely tuned. That's – look, we've seen it. The Braves get knocked out 
and we all penciled them in for the NLCS. We penciled in the Dodgers for the NLCS. We didn't give two, you know, we didn't think the Padres were going to make it. They barely beat out the Brewers. The Phillies had to fight their way off a, you know, a bad coaching situation. They turned their their team around. They look like, you know, it's just they got hot at the right time. And like you said, that's why you watch baseball. But then for the Dodgers and Braves to talk that shit and say, okay, you have 212 wins, not in the postseason. How do you explain the freaking Astros? Astros won again tonight. They had five days off. They're up two games to nothing. How do you explain that? You don't. But it's baseball. That's that's why this game is so wonderful. You know, like I said, basketball, football, a lot of the times you can predict who's going to make it to the big game. And, you know, you can be right a lot of the times. You really can't do that with baseball. Anybody who tells me they had the Phillies and the Padres in the NLCS, I don't believe you. Maybe you had one of them, mm-hmm. but there's no way you had both of them in there. Uh, that's going to be a fun series to watch. It seems like Houston's going to run away with the series. I don't really know what I want there. Honestly, I hate, I'm, I'm going to cheer for whoever comes out of the NL, but realistically it's going to be one of those AL teams that wins the world series. If you want me to be realistic and I'm putting an unbiased, you know, money mm-hmm. amount in, I'm going to bet on, you know, the Astros or the, or the Yankees, probably the Astros at this point. My, my thing is this, look, I, I, if the Yankees were to come back and win this series, which they, they have the capabilities to, although that Oraldis Chapman thing really set them back. But if the Astros lose this series, you know, like, again, I'm rooting. I don't want the Yankees personally. I don't want the Yankees to get their 28th title. I, do I granted? Do I want the Astros to win it? No, but I have some sort of like feelings for Dusty Baker. I kind of want to see him win. Uh, even though they're in our division, so that would suck. But even if they don't win, that's great too. That's a plus. I couldn't – if the Astros go, honestly, I don't think the Padres or the Phils can beat them. If the Yankees were to go, I'm putting my money on one of those teams to win. I just am. I I like the moxie of both those teams. Like you said, the Phillies and Padres, very evenly matched, fun teams, fun players. I think the Yankees and the Astros are more of your like blue collar, not too much emotion. They've been there before. They're trying to just win the title. They're focused. I think you could see like the whole, let them kids play. You can see that with the Padres and the Phils. Yeah. It's the more exciting new level, new era of baseball, right? Mm -hmm. You know, at the end of the day, I don't think a lot of fans really care about the Yankees and Astros. Like you said, it's, we've, we've seen it before. Mm -hmm. It's, Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns. Cool. <laughs> I've seen this 20 times. It's not well, it's four straight years now of that being the ALCS. Yes. Or, yeah, something like that. Yeah. And I know the Astros have been making it. It's six straight years for them. <laughs> there you go. It's just really like I, I want to watch something different. But the good news is that we're gonna have a different horse coming out of the NL side. So, you know, I'm going to cheer for whoever comes out of that side. You know, part of me wants the Padres to win because I lived there for so long. And, you know, I have some really good friends and my dad's a Padres fan. And the other part of me doesn't want them to win. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's definitely going to bring a – I mean, look, with all that San Diego's had to put put up with the last few years, the team being really crappy, them losing the Chargers down there – Um I think it would be great for them to to actually win a World Series, you know, and, and you know, I, I would I think I'd be they'd be my sentimental favorite, although it would suck for them 
in a way, and for baseball, I think it has because of Tatis's stupid decisions. He could have very well been a huge part of this team. Uh, this team could have been more fun to watch, uh, you know, more exciting. Um, and it's been robbed because he was one of the best young players. Uh, but they've they've got it despite not having Tatis, which would have made a great um, you know mark in that lineup. They still got a dangerous lineup. The only guy for me uh, watching the Padres uh, that I'm really disappointed in is uh, Josh Bell. That guy can't hit the broadside of a barn right now. And if if he was anywhere close he's to where, freaking hitter, yeah. He if, he, if he was anywhere close to what he what he usually is. I mean, they'd be running away with this thing, in my opinion. Yeah, but, I mean, who was their other option? To keep Eric Hosmer, who's the same way? That's true, and he Hosmer didn't have any power either. You weren't going to back up the uh, outfielders with him. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's not the Hosmer that was on the Royals. So True. You know, like I said, man, I mean, yeah, it'd be cool to see the Padres in there, I guess. But, man, I mean, if they were to win the World Series – That'd also be a kick in the nuts for me, you know. I I like the Angels. I don't like the Padres growing up, but as I got older, I started to lean a lot more toward the Angels because it frustrated me that the Padres didn't spend money. You know, they kept hiding behind these fake rebuilds. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? There's this team here in Anaheim, and they're, you know, they're so much more exciting to watch. They have one of my favorite movies based on them. And, you know, they have this cool monkey, and they have this uh they have this ability to spend money on these big free agents and attract these guys. So that's why I started to, you know, like like the sexy neighbor, you know. I was like, okay, I'm gonna be an Angels fan. Mm-hmm. And now here we are in a situation where the roles are reversed. You know, all these people who I've been friends with on Facebook and Instagram for, you know, 10, 15 years and I grew up with who don't give a shit about the Padres all of a sudden, oh my God, go Padres. <laughs> I'm like, where were you guys? Yeah. I said from the beginning, San Diego's a minor league city. Sorry, not sorry. Oh, well, you know, they're top five in attendance this year. Yeah, because they're winning. Mm-hmm. Rose like going down there and drinking beer. It's it's a party atmosphere, but in terms of real quality baseball fans, San Diego isn't that. Well, when the it, Padres when the Padres had those lame ass jerseys with the ones of the wave and whatnot, uh, what? I re- I remember going to Petco a few times and that place was empty. You know, the, like, which jerseys? The ones with the uh, the wave on the back of the 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 EZ or ES on the uh, end of the jersey. They're just plain white. Had a San Diego patch. It just oh, yeah. Pod- yeah. I have- I have one of those. I do have a Padres jersey. A Will Myers one, like in every color. <laughs> I used to I used to go to their garage sale events, and they would like literally have jerseys from the gift shop for like twenty bucks. That's not bad, actually. Yeah, I don't wear them anymore though, because Will Myers changed his number. So. No, oh, okay. We could yeah, always get it. Get it. See, that's what like, a lot of the jerseys I buy now. Like, I unless they're a player that retired with the team or whatever. I'll I'll just mainly go with myself. Like I'll pick a number and just customize it because I know I'm not going to be traded. You know, because a lot of times you'd be like, oh, I want this jersey, and then like he's gone. Like the yeah. only go the only go to one is is Trout. Like you know, well, hopefully Otani too. But remember when you got a Brandon Mars jersey? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> You're like he's gonna be around for a while. That went straight to Nats fan. <laughs> there you go. Let me ask you this. Okay, so old jerseys. Mm-hmm. When is at what point are you allowed to wear a jersey from a former player? And is there a specific like rule you follow? 
So you can tell me like your rule with like former players and I'll tell you mine. Oh, okay. Like right now, uh, you know, I have a Russell Wilson jersey, obviously, and I'm not wearing that shit forever until until he until he retires and like goes to the Ring of Honor type deal. And then yeah, like I did the same thing. I have a Richard Sherman um, when he went to the 49ers. I'm like f this guy, and I almost threw it away, um, <laughs> but I held on to it. And now that he's doing podcasts and he's pro Seahawks, he's working with the Seahawks. I'm like, okay, he's come back home. I, I feel good wearing it. Um, if a player like leaves a team and says big F you and, and spends most of his career with the other team instead of yours, I, I tend to sell those jerseys. Okay. So for me, it's always been, they have to like be a, a team legend or like a big name. Oh, I see what you mean. Okay. So, and a lot of the times when I feel like the player isn't on that cusp, I make it a point to try to get the jersey signed. So, you know, I have a Tim Tebow Broncos jersey. I probably wouldn't wear that around anymore because he's not a Broncos team legend. Mm -hmm. So I got it autographed and it's hanging in the man cave now. You know, same with my Calhoun and Anderson Simmons jerseys. I don't think I'll ever wear those again. So I got them signed and I hung them up. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like a Peyton Manning Broncos. Yeah, I'll wear that. You know, a Jared Weaver Angels, which I don't have, by the way. Mm. Yeah, I'll wear that. Because these are, you know, team legends. These are guys who, like you say, ring of honor situation. Yeah, yeah. Like like I have a Tim Salmon, Garrett Anderson. I have a Troy Gloss. Uh, those type of dudes live live on in infamy. I keep them. I, I was going to get a John Lackey, but I'm like, nah, you know what? He wound up finishing his career with, with other teams. But uh, he did win a World Series with the Angels. He was the Game 7 starter. Yeah. So, and he's technically in the Angels Hall of Fame. He is, and I know he came back for the anniversary, so you might be talking me into that one. Uh, I'd and, like but, to talk Mikey. That'd be a pretty sick one to get. Yeah, I, oh, well, I'm on board with getting your boy Frankie Rodriguez. That's one that's on my wish list. I I, I want to get a Frankie Rodriguez. Yeah, future Hall of Famer, don't at me. Absolutely. And I would love to get that Hall of Fame patch on the side. That'd be sick. Yeah, I, I want him to get into the Hall of Fame. I don't think he will. But I want him to. I think he deserves it. He's one of the best closers of all time, not even just Angels. He you know, he was a dominant closer, man. He really was. He was locked down for a long time. Yeah, you brought you brought up some good stats the last time we talked about that. You know, everywhere he went, Detroit, Milwaukee, uh, you know, he put up some good save numbers, you know. Um, so he was he was definitely an all star in my opinion, and a Hall of Famer as well. Um, one thing I want to circle back to the Dodgers real quick, um, with them winning 111 games and losing only 51, I want to run some things by you real quick on their season. Uh, they had a differential of, of plus 334. That's almost a record high. Um, they finished 57 and 24 at home, 54 and 27 on the road. They went 19 and 14 in the East. So the East gave them problems. Uh, they went 23 and 10 in the central and in the West with that unbalanced schedule, they went 54 and 22. They have a win percentage over their West opponents over the last 10 years of 77%. 
Can I throw the words candy ass back there again? <laughs> yes. Once again, dude, when you're in a division that had the mostly mediocre Padres for the last 10 years, mm-hmm. the mostly mediocre Diamondbacks and the Rockies, yeah, sure, the Diamondbacks made it like in what, 2017, 2018? Something like and, that. Yeah, I think they won, They made it to the wild card or whatever. But overall, over the last decade, almost all those teams have been really bad. Yep. The Dodgers during the regular season have been really good for the last 10 years. So, yeah, naturally you're going to beat up on those teams because those are the teams you should be. Granted, the Angels never beat those teams themselves. You know, seems like the teams that give us the most uh, hard times are the teams that we should be beating. Exactly. That's always been our issue. Oh, you know, we got the Guardians coming at the Guardians suck. Uh, Let's get swept. Yeah. Oh, the Tigers are one of the worst team scoring teams in the league. Uh, we lose two out of three. Uh, yeah. But the exactly. Yankees, Yankees come to town. We're playing playoff baseball. So it's always been like that every time. But the one thing that has pissed me off about the Angels is the freeway series over the last like two or three years. The Dodgers have been owning us all of a sudden. Yeah, we 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 had a huge lead in far as far as games yeah, against yeah, the right. Dodgers, and they yeah they've they've whooped our ass the last couple of seasons. They swept us back to back, right? I know they swept us last year. We didn't win this year, did we? Did we even get a game? I think we won a game. God, well, now I need to check. Yeah, please, because I've oh. been I've been wondering that too. It's been a long season, and I for, I I tend if I tend to forget that series or the series that we had the two two gamers. Then I'm pretty sure we got swept because I remember one series here in LA that just beat the shit out of us. Uh, so I, I forgot what they we did in, in uh, Dodger Stadium, but um, yeah, it's been disappointing. And but what I what I want to say is with a, with a new schedule next year, they're not going to have that advantage because you can look at up until this year where the Padres actually putting things together, it's the same ass division year in and year out. The Rockies can't pitch. If they get any kind of starters, they trade them. They have a couple nice players that they've groomed. They're Trevor Stories, Nolan Aaron Donos. They're gone. They get rid of those guys. They keep a guy like, uh, I forget, the bearded dude in right field. Um, we got swept, by the way. Yeah, see? I, I knew it. We've lost eight straight to those losers. Um, yeah. And, and then and then you look at – you look at um, um, you know the 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 Rockies, and then you got the freaking Giants, who are always they always seem to be veteran laced. When's the last time you've seen a, a Giants team that you're like, oh, man, it's an up and coming team? They got a lot of young talent. It seems like they always got the same Crawfords and and players on that team that are just forever long in the tooth. And yeah, then the, I'd say like 2010 when those guys were actually young. <laughs> like what 2012 when like Bumgarner was just coming up. Posey. And- yeah, exactly. Posey was still young and could actually squat. Uh, yeah, you know, Brandon Crawford. Yeah, so, they're, they're, they've always yeah. been a veteran laced team, and then you got the Diamondbacks, who no one knows what they're doing. You know, uh, they'll go out and get their Cole Calhouns and players like that, and you're like, oh, okay, they, they're they're going to try to make a run, and then they they wind up trading them. You know, they have decent guys coming through the minors, they trade them. I mean, look, that, that team's upside down. At least you could see for the American League West, we have a team like the Astros going to their sixth straight ALCS. You got the Mariners who are where we were supposed to be at. You know, uh, they, They've built from the ground up there. Now we got to fight them. Like you said this morning, Texas is looking much better. Oakland's going to suck until they get their decision whether they're going to stay or go. So we have that. 
But for the most part, we got three pretty damn good competitive teams in our division. Yeah, and here's one thing. Like, over the last 10 years, we've talked about the Dodgers not really having much competition. Everyone in the AL West has had some form of success over the last 10 years, really with the exception of us. Yeah, sure. Okay, 2014. Okay, but aside from that, it's been nothing. But, you know, we had the Rangers make back-to-back World Series appearances. Mm -hmm. You know, the Mariners – you know, finally started getting competitive this year. You know, Oakland's obviously been our daddies for the last decade. And then same with the Astros, the last, you know, decade also. When they first came over, they sucked ass because they were doing a rebuild. And once the rebuild officially took place, they own us now. We're branded with an Astros logo on our butt cheeks. Pretty much. It seems like every time they come to town, it's like, how bad are we going to get our ass kicked? Uh, no, yeah, it's, it's not even like, are we going to win the series anymore? I mean, unless you're Rally Chris, I think the Angels are going to win two out of three. <laughs> and even then he doesn't believe it. He's like, nah, I'm, I'm, that's <laughs> bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's it's been real tough in our division over the last few years. And, uh, you know, that's why this team's got to finally man up. The Angels got to man up because, again, uh, things are going to be a little different. You know, uh, like like we were just talking about the Dodgers getting those 111 wins. They're making excuses, having five days off. It's like, no, you just ran into a hot team and you have a terrible manager. Um, for us, we're going to have now we're going to be playing like an NBA schedule. We're going to get everybody on the schedule at least once. And uh, it's going to be fun. And, and now I think more than ever, though, those division games that we do play are going to be mandatory wins. Like, like you've got to play your best baseball when you're in your division. <clears throat> Yeah, because you're not going to get to see the team ahead of you as much. Yeah. Take advantage of what you do have. But you know what? I think this is really good for the sport of baseball. Mm-hmm. Because now every major sport, except for football, obviously, because they can't, gets to see every team. The NHL does it. The NBA does it. And it's good. It promotes, A, parity. B, it provo- uh, promotes exposure. Mm-hmm. You know? Because now, you know, everyone gets to see Mike Trout and Shohei Otani. You know, hey, we get to see that new hot prospect from the Marlins. You know, not that we really want to. But you know what I mean? Like, (laughs) we now get to see this kind of stuff. You know, we now get to see the Dodgers versus the Yankees. That's different. You know, we don't have to see the Dodgers – not the Dodgers, sorry. We don't have to see the Red Sox versus the Yankees as much because, God, am I tired of seeing that. It's like those teams play like 80% of the year against each other. Yeah, ESPN has them on – Sunday night baseball. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm about to say. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tune in to Sunday night baseball. (laughs) Jeez, who's playing? Yeah. I mean, you're going to get some matchups that are kind of like – like you wouldn't think that we're sexy a couple of years ago, but you're going to see Baltimore and San Diego. Baltimore is an up and coming team. San Diego's where they're at. You're going to see uh, the Phillies. Seattle come- versus the Orioles is, would be like a fun game. Yeah, and and then you and then you'd see freaking the the Phillies come to Anaheim. Anaheim go to the Wrigley Field. Uh, I think that's awesome. You know that that's that's really cool. Dodgers in Fenway. Uh, you know that's that's cool and 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 like you said um it's exposure it gives the fans something new to see 
And, uh, you know, that's why I think when they first started the interleague, you know, it was great, you know, you, you know, in the back in the day, but you know, now the fact that you're able to play all these teams and have them play up against each other. And I never liked the imbalanced schedule. I never liked the fact that, damn, you know, we, uh, what's the month of September? Oh, it's basically all division games. Like, mm, you know what I mean? Like, wasn't that April? Uh, but the good thing is that like now also like strength of schedule doesn't really matter because everyone's playing the same teams. Sure. Sometimes, you know, the travel will make a little harder, mm-hmm. but overall, you know, you're, we're all playing the pirates. We're all playing the brewers. We're all playing the reds or the Yankees, you know, it, it'll be an even playing field more or less, or at least it'll be closer to even than it is now where, you know, the Dodgers are kind of kick walking their way in. Yeah, and then you can have a – you know how, like, sometimes the Angels will go on a road trip where they'll go up to uh, – they'll play Tampa Bay, Boston, and maybe Toronto. They'll play, like, a long nine- to ten-game road trip. Yeah, and they'll uh, just go way down the coast there. Yeah, yeah. well, now, now you can pro- possibly go, oh, okay, uh, they're going to be in Fenway, Pittsburgh, and Philadelphia. I mean, that's pretty damn sick, right? I mean, and then, you, you know, the fans will get to see the Trout back or they have a Midwest schedule. It's like, oh, well, they're they're playing the Rockies, Cardinals, and uh, Royals. You know, that's pretty sick. Yeah, it'd be fun for me to, you know, have the opportunity to, like, see the Angels in some of these Midwest states. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. It's good. It's good. to. I mean, because obviously there's baseball fans of every team in every state. So there's an opportunity to see your your team finally come to your American League. You're a National League fan, but you know, yeah, you're an American League state or city. You can finally see your team come in, and that's it's it's really good for baseball. And again, like I'm just not a fan of seeing Texas 19 times. Uh, no offense to Texas, but you know, and or Oakland, uh, I'm tired of them playing in the dump all the time up there. Uh, yeah. So anytime we don't have to play teams like that, I'm pretty happy. Let me ask you this. So in no way will it completely eliminate it, but will this help the East Coast bias not be as severe as it has been? Because now these East Coast teams have to go to the West Coast, you know, consistently. So now those fans have to stay up to watch these West Coast teams because the Yankees are going to, you know, travel up and down the coast now regularly. I, yeah, I think they're gonna they're gonna have to. Uh, if you're a real baseball fan and you're a writer, that's not gonna be like an a hole and say, "Oh yeah, yeah, I can't stay up late because the West Coast." You're gonna have to. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, because what if what if the Yankees are on a road trip where they're like, "Hey, we play uh, three in San uh, San Francisco, three in Oakland, and then we go down and play the Padres." You have to stay up. You 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 have no choice. And uh, and uh, you know they're gonna wind up playing all these teams. It just depends if they're gonna be on the road or not. Uh, but probably most likely this year they'll get the biased and they'll play those teams once and they'll be in New York. But uh, I think it'll be it would it would push the newer reporters to get off their high horse or the old ones to get off their high horse and actually do their job, watch the teams, and give credit to some of these West Coast teams that show up because I know Seattle didn't start getting any kind of credit till they got into the postseason or or clinched a spot despite how good they were playing. Um, and San Diego really wasn't getting much love. They were getting shitted on a lot because they were underperforming. So um, we'll, we'll see. We'll see how it is. And the Dodgers get a pass because, you know, they're, they're lovable apparently to the rest of the league, and there's still that tie of, oh, well, they started out as Brooklyn. So Yeah, they they get on their knees for the Dodgers for sure. They love the Dodgers. Every and and That was my thing when I went on that rant when they got eliminated, bro. I get tired of looking, you know, when when you when you are in the grocery store or whatever, and you see the Sports Illustrated or wherever you're at, or even online, 
because people don't read no more. But when it's online and you see the stuff, and it's like, oh, predictions for the MLB season. And it's always these guys going say, I'm going out on a limb. Brooklyn, uh, New York Yankees versus Dodgers World Series. How many freaking times have we heard that, bro? And, and yeah, it's never it's come true. <laughs> well, it hasn't happened lately. I, mean, I don't – granted, I don't know if it happened in the past, but – It happened in 80, I think around there in 1980. Well, there you go. But this is a 1980 because if it was, the Dodgers would have just came off a championship. Exactly. That counted. <laughs> oh, man. But here, here's my thing. I'll ask you this last thing on the Dodgers. As a, If you were a Dodger fan, or let's just say the Angels were to do this, and they won 111 games, because we, we went through this in 2014 in a way. But let's just say the Angels set a franchise record, and they won the 111 games and got ousted right away. What's your feelings going into next season? Like, like what, what, I mean, are you, are you just like, Hey man, get to the playoffs and then impress me. Or are you all in on the regular season again? I mean, I'm not like some idiots who are like, Oh, well, I don't want the the angels to make the playoffs unless they're going to make a deep red. <laughs> it's like, oh, bro, you got it. You have to make it to the dance to get to the chip. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't make it to the championship games. You can't, you know, make it to the World Series if you don't get in the dance first. Once we get in the dance, we can figure everything else out. You know what? If we go in there, we win 111 games, and we get bounced in the first round. Well, clearly something didn't go right. Why did we get cold at the wrong time? And that's when good general managers are truly made. Mm. You need to figure out why did my team get cold at the wrong? Oh, well, it was pitching, or it's because we never solidified the back end of the rotation or the, or the bullpen. Sorry, because you know we traded Rysel away. Okay, well, what do we need to do now? You know, that's when good general managers are really, really made. So, yeah, I mean, would I be frustrated? Yeah, I was frustrated in 2014 when we got bounced by the uh, almost Royals. champion Royals that year. Mm-hmm. But that's baseball. Yeah. I, I feel you. I, I think I think there's just a, a group of fans that will be, you know, again, arrogant as funk for the Dodgers and just be like, hey, wake me up when it's August and September. Uh, you know, and I don't want like if this team starts to win, obviously it's a good thing, but if I, I don't want that again to where it was because there was a group of fans I remember when the Angels were on the run where it's like, yeah, you know, they weren't going to games, you know, April, May, June, July, even maybe even some parts of August. But when the team was like starting to wrap up that division and get into the playoffs, they were all of a sudden Angel fans. And you saw flags in the cars it's like, oh, come on, guys, come on, you know, but. Um, That's just how it is, man. That's just how SoCal is, though, with everything. Yeah. Like I said, I mean, I remember going to Padres games in 2012 when, you know, now batting Will Venable, now batting Ryan Schimpf. Angels legend, by the way. And <laughs> that's the thing, man. Like, it's the same thing with the Angels. You know, when the Angels are on, everyone loves them in, in you know, Anaheim and Orange County. When the Angels are off, you know, you can go to Knott's Prairie Farm and count how many Angels shirts, jerseys, or hats you'll see. Mm-hmm. Well, hats doesn't count. Everyone wears the hats for the colors nowadays. Yeah, exactly. Shirts so and jerseys. When the team's on, man, you'll see everyone at Disneyland and knots, and they're all wearing them. And when the team's not hot like they have been lately, and they've been disappointing, nobody's wearing Angel stuff. Yet you're always going to see people wearing Dodger stuff no matter what. That's true. 
I mean, it can... and that's one thing that also pisses me off. I just wish sometimes the fan base was a little more like, you know what? I'm an Angels fan. You know, yeah, I poop on my team all the time, but at the end of the day, man, like, I love the Angels. You know, I have yeah. mostly Angels clothes. I have my Angels bag right here that I use as my suitcase for today because I don't want to bring a big lo- a big suitcase for a day and a half trip. You know, I I truly bleed Angels red. It, baseball is life to me. I was watching the Coyotes game earlier. Well, speaking of getting shit on, the Coyotes got pooped on today. That was like, what, 6-2? Mm. But um, my point is, like, and baseball is what I really, really care about, and I, I, I just wish sometimes our fan base w- was a little better. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I will give it up to the hardcore fans though that ha- that were going down the stretch. I, you know, there was a lot of fans, including myself and you, that that were showing up to these games when you know the Angels were obviously out. You know, um, and. and I give credit where credit's due. I mean, still, they were still averaging about 30, 35,000 per game. Um, and they still had the, 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 they were bringing the noise. And uh, for a team that was, wasn't scoring, I thought that was very, uh, um, you know, very good for the fan base. But I mean, like, it's just, their angels are hungry. They're hungry like the Mariner fans were to get back to the postseason. I think this place would erupt. I think you'd bring back a lot of pride. Um, and, and I agree with you. I wish Angel fans would wear Angel hats like the Dodgers do and like Laker fans too. Lakers, for the majority of their fans, don't like LeBron James. But they are all in on the Lakers. You know, this Lakers baby, it's 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 uh, just win now that, that they got that mentality. The Lakers are L.A. And they just they go with it. And um, I wish the Angels had that kind of pride too. I, I wish we could walk around and see a lot of Angels shirts, jerseys, and uh, but uh, we we just don't. Yeah, who knows? Maybe maybe it'll be a little different when ownership changes. I mean, you know, I'm sure people will have that high of mm-hmm. hey, you know what? Artie's gone, and I have a feeling like the logos behind me. We're gonna have a new logo soon. I really, I I'm I, in for a change. Yeah, I really am because look, it's been 20 years since we we've had the red, and I've loved it. I it's been one of my favorite logos. I've said it before, but I but I'm favoring these two that are right by my head right here, the California Angel one, the old school uh, California Angel. Um, but I just have a feeling they're going to go to a rebranding. We've seen just about every team in Major League Baseball do that every decade or so, even shorter stints. And a lot of these teams have oh, gone back like every other year. Yeah, but but I mean, a lot of these teams like the Minnesota Twins, Toronto Blue Jays, uh, Milwaukee Brewers, uh, just to name a few, uh, even the Texas Rangers have gone back to their roots. And I'm thinking, I'm thinking the Angels are going to do something like that. They're going to do something to honor their original jerseys. I don't think so. I think if they were to change anything, they're going to add the letter L to the logo, so it'll be LA. Uh, uh, and they'll really lean into it. Honestly, uh, I think that's. Hey, I'm not saying that's what I'm cheering for. I'm just, you know, I'm not exactly in the business of predicting either, but that's that's what I would think would happen. Well, it's making my stomach turn. I don't want that to happen, but the problem is you bringing that up, I could see it happening. <laughs> I had Longhorn sleep off. My stomach has been going this whole time. <laughs> well, anything else you want to touch on, my man? Uh, okay, give me your World Series prediction real quick. World Series prediction. Uh, if I had to pick it right now, and obviously, I mean, they're up two games. And I'd have to go Astros. 
I really would. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I, I, I'm going Astros Phillies, and I've got the Astros winning in like five. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, although, like you said earlier, both teams are fun, both teams are new, and it would be nice to crown a new champion. Uh, but, dude, again, if the Astros go, I have to favor the Astros. If the Yankees were to go, I'd, I'd favor the, the Phillies to be hotter than them, and I'd favor the Padres to be better than them. Yeah. Like I said, I'll cheer for whoever comes out of the NL, but, uh, I mean, I, I don't want to see the Astros or the Yankees win. The only good that could come out of the Astros winning is, you know, after they won in 2017, the Angels had a really good offseason in 2018. You know, they got Zach Cozart. They got Shohei Otani. You know, did those moves pan out? No. And they also re-signed uh, Justin Upton. Yes. None of those moves panned out per se, but at the end of the day, getting getting Zach Cozart was what we wanted, right? He was a good uh, defender. He was coming off an all-star season with Cincinnati. We had a hole there to fill. You know, Shohei Otani has obviously been Shohei Otani, and at the time – Justin Upton left field was, you know, uh, the best possible option. True. True. So at the time, those were the moves to make. So, you know, I don't exactly know what an offseason looks like this year. Obviously, it's going to have a lot to do with the ownership thing and really what happens there. But, um, man, fingers crossed it's a good offseason. I don't think there will be a lot of free agents. I don't think Perry spends a lot of Skrilla. But I think um, (laughs) – but I, I do think we'll see some moves. I do think we're going to see a lot of trades. I don't want to say we're going to deplete the farm system, but there'll definitely be some pieces right now that you see that are going to be here. See, if you're bringing back, see that to me, two things. I think real quick that for me, I, I call it a nervous off season because so many things could go right. So many things could go wrong. So it's, you're in flux. It's nervous time. So I'm nervous about that. And since you keep bringing back Skrilla, I'm going to bring back one that was favorite to me. That's before your time. So that's going to date me big time. But I just, I love saying when, when, you know, when I was in high school and junior high and you'd be like, Oh man, look at that girl over there. Uh, I scammed on her last week. And scamming was like kissing, you know, making out and stuff like that. I, I miss that saying. That was funny as hell. Like, oh, I scammed that chick a couple weeks ago. <laughs> that was horrible. That sounds like you were asking her about her car's extended warranty, <laughs> which is definitely worse than kissing her. Yo, I got her to refinance her loan. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> What's your opinion on uh, on Brandon Marsh? So in 16 at-bats, he's batting 250 with four hits, a home run, and four RBIs. Uh, he looks much better as a crouching tiger, hidden dragon. That that stance that he's got is his. I mean, look, it's shortened up his swing. And what were we saying all fucking season? You know, simplify your stance, simplify your swing, shorten up your swing. Um, you know, just do a little bit, and he you could sh- you, he could change things. And and he was standing straight up, you know, standing straight up, and getting those pitches with a lot of movement and elongating your swing. You're gonna strike out a lot, and he was. I'm I'm impressed. I mean, 250. I mean, it's not killing it, but the fact he's actually had a couple huge hits. He's played, you know, great in center field. I heard the Phillies broadcaster say the other day, the radio guy. He's like, uh, you know, the we made a great trade with the Angels. We got our center fielder for the next five years. Yep. So. Yeah, I mean, I 
I, I don't exactly know what's going to happen with Logan Ohapi, and I'm really hoping that he's the piece that we've needed a catcher because the Angels have never really had a good legitimate catcher for a long period of time. Yes, yep. that's the Molina brothers. Yeah, you know, they had a stint with Mike Napoli and Chris saying that it was serviceable, but we really, really haven't had a young catcher who came up here and was here for just a long, long period of time. Yeah, I mean, or at least put in a decade. Like, exactly. I, I can name some other catchers in the past 80s and 90s, whatever, but they just never panned out. You know, we had a power hitting catcher because that, to me, the best catcher we had until Napoli and the Molina brothers came around was Lance Parrish. And he was like a Philadelphia Philly for a while. He came to the Angels and had like three good seasons of 25 or more homers. And then he went to a free agent. I think he went to Detroit. So, um, you know, you only had that. And then when we freaking got Nap or uh, the, the Molinas, it's like, oh, well, man, we have a consistent guy. And then he wound up going to freaking Texas. And the yeah. same thing happened with Napoli. Yeah, so I, I'm excited to see what – Logan Ohapi can be, but I'll say this, man. I mean, Perry put his butt on the line for that trade mm -hmm. because I said it at the trade deadline show. That's the trade that gets you fired. Yeah. You know, that trade does not work out. You get fired over a trade like that. If Brandon Marsh can continue to be a solid piece for the Phillies for the next couple of years and Logan doesn't develop the way he's supposed to, you're in trouble, man. I mean, you know, he's already – probably on a warm seat. I think they let him finish the two years, bearing anything bad happening. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, man, that's that's one for sure that if it doesn't work out, it's not going to look good for you. Because Brandon Marsh, he's a gold glove finalist. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, take his offense. I mean, he batted 245 this year, which isn't good. Well, it's, it's okay. But, I mean, he was – down in the dumps when he was here in Anaheim. I mean, he was batting like what, low 200s when he left? Yeah, I think it was something like 212. And then he jumped his numbers up with, with uh, Philly after the trade. So, yeah. And I mean, you know, he had that big postseason home run. So, yeah. We'll see. I mean, I, I like Brandon Marsh. He, I, I think he's a very talented kid. I do too. I mean, <laughs> and I'm going to, I'm going to, I never agree with your girl Val, but I will. <laughs> But if there was a way to get him what? back, because when, <laughs> when Val, Val said, oh, I want Marsh back. Hopefully we get him next year. I'm all, hmm. Well, he's on a he's on a signed contract. He ain't going nowhere. But I'll, I'll play the part of Val. I would take him back. I wish he would come back. Open arms. Exactly. <laughs> Bring that new stance with you, by the way. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, well, that's all I got for this episode, my man. Uh, what are we looking at for the off season here on, on uh, Heating Network? Well, I know next week we're planning on doing the Catella Awards. Okay. Where we, we, I think it's 10 awards. We give out 10 bicycles mm. to a specific category. And the winners of those rewards have the privilege of joining us to ride our bikes from Angel Stadium all the way to the Honda Center. Oh, wow. What a trip, dude. It's going to take forever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. We're yeah. not going until he joins us. <laughs> Are we actually going to have trophies made, by the way? Uh, I don't think they were going to be here on time. Damn it. I was hoping mine would be made the, out of chocolate. The plan was to get trophies. Oh. So I, was hoping, you know I was hoping we could gift ourselves some chocolate trophies, but I guess not. 
chocolate trophies. Look at this guy. <laughs> but uh, yeah, maybe one day we can do a Halos in the infield like 0.5k. <laughs> or instead of like running though, we take our bikes and we ride, you know, two blocks. No, I think what we, what we need to do in favor of our, uh, what is it, in celebration of Roger, because he'll be back again for another year. Uh, we got to do a, a Heaty Baseball Network where we circle Anaheim Stadium, but you have to ride your bike with somebody on the handlebars. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get a little stuffed animal, like a little Build-A-Bear, and just put like John Stamos' face on it. <laughs> If you're able to make it around the stadium with someone on your handlebars, you win. There you go. Hopefully Roger's not there. It's going to be a really slippery floor. (laughs) Oh, man, this is a beautiful sight here at Angel Stadium. (laughs) I'm joined here in front of the hats. (laughs) I wasn't. uh, It's John Stamos. I wasn't asked to be here, but I'm going to be here. James, do you have a towel? You can head on over to 714 Tickets if you need a beach towel at today's Angels game. <laughs> it's baby wipes day at the ball game to clean up that <laughs> unnecessary stain. Sponsored by Huggies. <laughs> oh. Oh, that's our announcer. Imagine, imagine if he takes over Patrick O'Neill's job. <laughs> he did color commentary. I don't know if it was for a game or for like three games a couple years ago. Yeah, he was god awful, bro. He was terrible. Yeah, he was filling in for uh, what's his name, Darren Smith. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. If he's coming back next year. It, it's it's up in the air. I mean, the only guys I could think of that are shoe ins is Gooby Langston and Terry Smith. Other than that, I don't know. Darren Smith. Yeah, Terry Smith. Uh, I think his contract's up. I think. Really. I think I've always liked him. I, th- I think he's been great since, uh, you know, obviously Rory's gone, but you know, him and Rory were, I think they were the best, but him and Langston make a pretty good team. I like them on the radio. Now my non-angels friends say he's really boring. And I'm like, yeah, it's because you listen to spring training games when your team doesn't do anything. So yeah, he's really boring during spring training. Cause oh, he's, yeah. you get excited. Mike Trout hits a moonshot off a single a pitcher. Woo! <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty terrible. I mean, like, I like his calls during the season. You know, when he's like, "It's out of here," you know, he gets kind of like you know revved up. I like that. You know. Yeah, I also like how he's not like a lot of people hate how uh, Matt Vasgersian like gets super excited about the opposite team hitting a home run. Yeah, he's uh, Terry's like, and that ball is gone. When it's like the other team, yeah. he's not. A- but you could tell, like, oh man, yeah, because he'll be like, and Judge hits that one a mile to left field, and that is a three-run lead now for the Yankees. You know, it's not, a, it shouldn't be like, and oh, that's a three-one lead for the Yankees. It's like I'm not tuning into a Yankees game. Yeah, I, I don't want to hear Vasquezin say El Caballo with a two-run homer, Rangers lead. It's like shut, shut up, up Yeah, exactly. Have mercy. <laughs> oh man you know if, if uh roger was in the uh announcer booth with uh vaskersian and he said have mercy he'd be like where is he yeah. <laughs> where's he today <laughs> i smell john where is he yeah. <laughs> catchphrase <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> All right, my man. Well, this was a good episode for Halos in the Infield. Uh, this is Todd Fox along with the other host of the show. The Lone Star Halo, Fernando. Exactly. Coming to you from Austin, Texas. Austin, Texas. All right, everybody. Have a good night, day, or whatever, whenever you're listening. Viva los angelitos. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.